it's Michelle from Studio City Now. And today I've got Jasper Cole, who I've met before, and he's so cool. Hey, Michelle. It's so good to see you or talk to you. You too. Well, we're, we actually get to see each other, but the listeners just listen to us. Exactly. Yeah. Their loss, our gain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's thank you for having me on. Well, I'm so glad. Um, what's his name? Dominic? My publicist, Dominic, yes. That's how I know you. Yeah. Yeah, I've been with Dominic uh, almost 20 years. Really? We were child. We were children at the time. Yeah, because, you know, you and I are the same age, 23. Uh, well, I'm 24 now, so I'm I'm older than you. <laughs> When's your birthday? February 1st. Mine's June 12th. So, you know, I'll have to go to Palm Desert. Are you um, Gemini? I am. You know, Aquarians and Geminis are supposed to get along really well. That's about all I know. That's my limited, you know, any knowledge of astrology. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. But wait, your Palm Springs. Do you know Frank Monteforte? No, but what a great last name. I should. That's my my dad, my stepdad. Oh, okay. No, is he? Li he lives in Palm Desert. Yeah, he's a um, a realtor. Well, maybe I've seen that name. Yeah, he's with real estate. Friends. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know him personally, but I know, then I know I've seen the name. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a big, small town out here, you know? It's a small town, but a lot of a lot of different little cities around the Coachella Valley. My dog, who... Come here, Pens. She'll get me like I'm not moving. Uh-uh. Pitbull Mix, sweetest dog in the world, thinks she's this big. That's like a two-pound fluff ball. Right. She's a lap dog. She's loving. She was dumped in the Coachella desert. So many pit bulls in all the shelters, but out here, and I, I go to the Palm Springs shelter and volunteer. They just, it's just so many pit bulls, and they get such a bad reputation, unnecessarily bad rap, as you know. Well, with Penny, um, I brought her home just for a week. <laughs> oh yeah, you're just gonna foster her? Yeah. <laughs> no, that that doesn't. Mm -mm. So I didn't know how my golden would react. So I walk in, the golden's got a big smile on his face. Thanks for the girlfriend, mom. Let me teach her all my bad habits. <laughs> and well, now they're best of besties. Bullied her to no end. And she was so fiercely protective of him. Wow. But when he passed, yeah. he was 14 and a half. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you know, it's been two years and I still cry. I, it's amazing. It's the hardest thing to go through. And I, you, I always say, I'm not going to do it again. But then they find us, right? The animals find us. Well, when my Dalmatian passed away, I don't want another dog. Well, no. three months later. <laughs> exactly. Guido Luigi, the police dog. Oh, wow. Delivered him. I took him home in two weeks because the mother kind of abandoned them. Mm. Passed away at 11. Didn't want another dog. I swore I didn't want another dog. I liked waking up going, smells nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a lot of, it's a big responsibility, but it's, I, I can't imagine not having, at one time I had two dogs and three cats. I'm down to one dog now, but I, if I, you know, I just, I'd have as many as I could. If When I, I was going to say when I was younger, but since I'm so young now, right? Your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, three months after Guido passed, um, another investigator, because I've, I've done a lot of things, sent me a picture of this just defeated looking golden mix in Houston. I fell in love with him. He was mm -hmm. 10 months old. He was going back to the pound for the fourth time. Oh. And I said, tell them I'll meet them in El Paso and I'll take them home. Did you drive? I flew. I was going to say, yeah. And um, I had a service dog vest. He flew on the plane with me. And uh, he was with me for, I took him home at 10 months. He was with me for 13 years. He passed away at 14 and a half. Oh my goodness. My pit, she kind of freaked a little because she saw him leave. But yeah. Back, so, you know, I had to tell her it's okay. He's passed. You know, we're not getting rid of you. Um, he passed as we were le lifting him into the car to take him to the vet. Oh. Well, he kind of maybe knew that it was, he was going to go on his time. He did. Yeah. 
the last time i don't know if you've had this we did where we had the vet come to the house because we knew you know we knew we we're going to have to put put the dog down it made such a difference it was i think it was great for the dog because they were at home um but it's so difficult i don't know how veterinarians do this that part of their job you know having to put put animals down it's really we're crying the doctors i i said i wonder how many times a day you know like a week do they go through this yeah it's, a lot. it's, it's sad but just you know you do rescue work i do rescue work we can't save every dog but we've changed the life of one or two exactly yeah so people adopt don't go to the pet store don't go to a breeder adopt oh a hundred percent yes no 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 question about it now um dominic sent me what kombucha kombucha cure i could not stop laughing oh <laughs> well, good a quick trailer and i used to make my own i can't even pronounce it tea it's a mushroom tea. yeah yeah i mean you know kombucha the drink has been around um for medicinal purposes for many many years but um our our creator Cecilia Choi, who's an oncologist, I I say she has she uses both sides of her brain. You know, she's creative and she's a doctor. Um, but yeah, so she has created this amazing show about these little this town of sort of not misfits but quirky, you know, northern exposure kind of characters that sort of decide they're going to take on big pharma and the insurance companies. And figure out a way to kind of um, get one over on them, and and get the money, and yet use uh, more holistic kind of approaches to to healthcare. And um, one of the characters creates their own kombucha drink, and that's kind of how it starts. Well, when I saw it with them, um, the doctor, the uh, pre-authorization doctor. Yeah, Mara. Mm-hmm. I'm a retired nurse with a degree in law. Oh, perfect. Also this many years old. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. So well. in my entire life, I was a claims adjuster at Blue, uh, oh, I can't say the name of it, of Red Triangle Insurance Company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know them. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I can tell you a story, but I won't do it on... Yes. So you really, you, you know, this, you know, that part of it definitely from the inside. My appendix burst at work mm. triangle. So that's a emergency. They refused to pay the claim because I didn't pre-authorize. They see, there you go. And I walked up to um, the claims people. It was in the building. I said, you know, I'm on the fourth floor. I'm uh, customer service claims with bitch face it's the only name I could give her because she was horrible <laughs> you're not playing paying this I said well you didn't pre pre-authorize so I lifted my shirt and I had this big old scar and I said medical emergency get me someone now I'm going to everyone I know in press and this was the 80s wow they paid it but they wouldn't pay something one of the providers because they weren't on their plan you know, like pre-authorized your appendix bursting, right? Like, yeah. what? You know, you can't plan that. You'd love to. You'd love to pre-authorize it. it <laughs> I, I wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. So that you, hence the point. Then you understand. And sadly, right now in this country, I think healthcare is in worse shape than ever and people are really dealing the feedback we're getting is one that they they like to show thank god but they really love the message and a lot of people are dealing with this in their day-to-day -day lives of then insurance capping out at the sign of one major you know cancer or one major illness and they cap out and then then what do you do well when my ex-husband um had thyroid cancer and was giving us a hard time well, one of my closest friends happened to be an attorney at Red Triangle. <laughs> mm -hmm. Did you hear that? A little bit. 
we have some reconstruction or renovation going on in the building. Thought it might be a little. Well, thank God it's not a tornado from the other day. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So anyway, so I talked to my friend and she said, get me your benefits book. She says, they're supposed to pay this. This is the letter you're going to write. You're doing your homework. I appealed everything, got everything paid. Then one doctor, they claim they paid his contract rate. And I called the doctor and I said, send me the contract. I'll get you paid. <laughs> and I faxed them a letter with the contract. I got a phone call within 10 minutes. It's like, how'd you get this? I said, it's not private. Right. I'm not stupid. I may sound like a little girl, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, that opening scene of episode one, then you, when, you know, when the doctor is calling the, Mar Dr. Mara Cohen gets the call from the doctor who she's turned down earlier, you know, he, he traces her down, but this whole thing has opened my eyes, especially working on this project. Cause I'm one of the co-executive producers. So it's been just amazing. And we're working on season two now. And for season two, we're leaning a lot more comedic, but but keeping the same strength of the story. And, you know, season two, we um, we start opening our second kombucha clinic. So we move to a different city. So we're kind of going to do the white lotus model of each season we go to a different city. We introduce new characters. We keep a few of the original characters interwoven into the story. Um, where can we find it? So right now, it start well. Tomorrow night is the episode six. It's on Popstar TV, which is a free streaming app. Oh, good. Um, yeah, you just people just go wherever you get your Netflix or whatever, and just put in Popstar TV. Then after tomorrow, we will be all six episodes. They'll stay up on Popstar, but we're going to go to um, Amazon Prime and YouTube channel, YouTube as well. So expanding to bigger audiences well since i have both of them you know i cut the cord my life has been so much easier i yeah. watch the same stuff for free now yep only thing i miss is family guy but well that's okay youtube <laughs> i was going to say that that could be on youtube right all over youtube yeah YouTube really, I don't think people realize they, you know, people always say, well, the cable companies have such a monopoly. I'm like, well, YouTube has sort of found a way to be, get past them in many ways. Yeah. So later today, I'll download Popstar, unless I already have it on my Roku player. You know, mine was on there, so it just depends. But um, yeah, so like I said, after tomorrow, so it's a Tuesday at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern, and then all six will, well, all the five, the four before this are up there now. So the five actually, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, we're doing six for season two as well. Wow, I can't yeah. wait. I mean, I was like, I, I kept replaying this. Oh, I hear that. There, somebody's doing construction. Well, we had rain, as you know. Right. The east side of the building the rain leaked through everybody's windows. Oh my God. That's why we pay the high rent here. <laughs> yeah, people outside of LA don't realize, you know, we get all the rain at one time, unfortunately. And more's coming. I'm driving in on Wednesday and I just saw that that's gonna be like the big rain day, but we need it, you know. Mm-hmm. We just yeah, don't need 30 inches at one time. Oh, I'm sorry. Eventually I'll soundproof my office. Hey. It's real. <laughs> Actually, do you, were you out here the beginning of March? Uh, yeah, I, I usually, I'm usually in town three to four days a week. Beginning of March, March 3rd, huge rainstorm. I'm on, um, well, I'm in Studio City. I know where that is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's like a two block area and that's it. Uh-huh. At the end of the block is a, uh, I think it's called La Estancia. Mm. If you live there, that's God's way of saying you make way too much money. <laughs> a tree from their property fell over and knocked out two transformers. Oh, you're part of that, that group. I am the lead plaintiff in the class action against La Estancia. I was, watching, I was watching that on the news. Um, 
that knocked out. How many, how long were you without power? Four days. Oh. La Stancia wouldn't let DWP on their property. Right. And well, under the Fourth Amendment, well, you can't just storm the gates. Right. Because there was, I couldn't figure that out. I was like, why is it taking four days for these people to get power? Well, what we did, Bill Lynch, who owns the right off room? Do you remember the mm -hmm. right off room at all? Oh, yeah. Well, it's reopening at the old Oil Can Harry's. Oh, it, oh, God. Oil Can Harry's. Yeah. Okay. I've known Bill since I was five because of what we were talking about earlier. Right, right, right. He paid $3,000 to get the tree removed because it was now on public property. Mm. The sheriff came by. He said, yeah, it's public property. You can do whatever you want. Just don't burn it. <laughs> Just don't but burn it. We removed the tree and the sheriff's, we told him the story and he said, run the remnants back on their property. <laughs> so we did. Well, because on the news, they were saying that um, just a group of re residents got together on their own, and that's what you're saying, and kind of took took control of it. We had to, and I was interviewed by all the networks, including Telemundo and Univision, and my Spanish sucks, but well, I know enough. Right. Um, and I'm not even... I'm I may have seen you on the news recently also. Maybe that's, we were talking earlier about feeling like I'd seen you recently. Well, also red carpets and yeah, I've, I've worked on the shows you've been on. But that was, a, I'm sorry to hear that about the studio. Yeah, I, I was watching that thinking this, those poor people, they're just trapped and there's no reason they can't, this should be taken care of much faster. Yeah, my house was lit up like a fireplace because I'm a girl. <laughs> I have candles. Right. And I'd go to the library to charge everything and to work. It was, it was cold those days also. It was 30 degrees. That's what people, that's the worst part of it. Is it the heat? No. How did you stay warm? Five blankets and a dog. Oh my God. Then my daughter called me and she says, oh my God, mom, I didn't know you. You know, I didn't realize it was you. Why didn't you just bring Penny to my house? Right. She's a studio apartment. She's in a tiny place. You said I'd rather I'd rather freeze freeze to death at home. <laughs> well, I didn't even think of calling her. Yeah. And um, I said, if it's out again, we'll come on by. I'll bring some dinner or something. Move over, Mama's coming. So Monday, I went to a friend's, took a hot shower. Went to the market, came home with wonton soup, opened the door, oblivious to the fact the elevator's working, right? <laughs> <laughs> Walk in, I'm like, who left every single light? Oh, wait. Oh, like, <laughs> finally. Wow. Yeah. But it was a little under four days. And, That's amazing. You know, it was horrible. And, um, you know, my age. Mm-hmm. So um, I had gotten really sick, but there are people on the street who are, they're elderly, they're seniors, they're sick. They've got babies. My neighbor has a newborn. They rented oh. a hotel room. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't blame them. That's terrible. Well, hopefully, knock on wood, the, the rain season's going to end this week. Yeah, and the snow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. That's a whole other story right snow on the hollywood sign i'm like okay yeah it was it was it was snowing and sleeting and hailing i was driving through pasadena that one day and it was hail coming down i was waiting for the frogs to fall out of the sky no that can't happen no i i, I don't like frogs yeah Revela <laughs> revelations it's the end of the world <laughs> we haven't had a hundred years of peace yet that's right we're nowhere near that. No, not in this lifetime. <laughs> so let's get into you because I kind of stalked you on IMDb. So I'm mm. tracking you now. You did Sons of Anarchy or was it Anarchy? Well, it's so funny. I I must have auditioned like so many times for Sons of Anarchy, Kurt Sutter's show. And I, I never got it. Part of the reason is because I I don't ride motorcycles, which you would think, Jasper, at some point, just get your motorcycle license but I just um 
I just never did. But but no, so Kurt Kurt had another show while while Sons of An Anarchy was airing, and I'm blanking on the name of the show. Oh my God. But I was able to do that show. Um I can't remember. Oh my god, that's senior moment here. You know, well the just know my age is close to what you put up on the screen earlier. But yeah. But anyway. American Horror Story. Yeah. Did yeah, thank you. But yeah, the same casting director, Wendy O'Brien. This is what I tell actors, you know this too. It's really about having the casting directors like you and like your work and getting them to keep, if they like you, they'll just keep bringing you in for the same show. And it's such a crapshoot because the executive producer has to decide, people vote. It's a whole thing if you ever get cast on something. So it's so, it's such a miracle we even get auditions these days with all the competition. Well, I am fortunate enough to do, I've done yeah. like 40 episodes. They, I mean, they've had issues there. There was a lot of issues recently, right? Yes, but it doesn't affect me. Good. And every time I'm there, and I know the actors and I know the issues. Um, every time I'm there, I always say how grateful I am and I love them. And, you know, they've been great to me. Right. Well, I know Michael Vaccaro. That's how I know you. I know Michael. That's right. Yes. And I so I was following that. I was following his post about that. And when they were, you know, I, not protesting, um, picketing. I don't know what the what the word was. But anyway, outside the studio. So, yeah. But you're right. You just have to take it on how they treat you. And everybody has their own issues, you know. I just sent you a friend request. Um, oh, my God. We know. You know Harlan? Harlan Ball? Yeah. The publicist, yes. And Sally Kirkland and, of course, Michael. Rick, were you at Michael's birthday party uh, two years ago? I wasn't. No. And, you know, Tim Lydine. Oh, my God. I know. It's such a small world, right? And Yvette Morales. Um, I just want Michael's hair. Me, too. I mean... The best thing he ever did was let his hair color come in. It's, yeah. I want that. See, I, I just, I want that like Jeff Bridges, Sam Elliott, great. But I, I just get like the salt and pepper. I don't know. It's not I have, and you know, Pepper J. Yeah, we, we know each other. Oh, John and Pepper J. See, I'm getting. Yeah, but it looks good. Well, yeah, but I'm losing it. <laughs> the listeners don't know, but we're Michelle and I are showing each other our our roots, our hair. It's really all about our the gray coming in our hair, and should we keep it or not? <laughs> Michael, oh my God, I told him, give me some of that. We're both Italian. We're probably related, a couple of generations back. We're from the same part of New York. Yeah, no, he's his look now. I mean, he's always looked great, but I think he's. Mm -hmm created such a niche look for himself and he, and he is so talented yeah and such such a hard worker yeah never stops in a good way you know right yeah oh yeah when I first met him at um Laura and Ron do America oh with Mel England yes another dear friend yeah you know I said I'm going to ask you this, and I'm sure everybody asks you. And he goes, I'm not related to Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> I told him he should just start saying he was, you know. Probably is. Just say we're distant cousins somewhere down the line. Yeah. But he also did Child of the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Terry Ray and Mel and Jim Jay. And I mean, there's just. Listeners out there, you know, like in any business, the longer you're around, it's it's a small town, small, small circle of people. And then, it, you know, I feel I feel like you probably do. You want to gravitate toward the people that you like and that you'd like to work with. You can weed out the crazies. Oh, my God. I was telling Michael. I was on Darman. It was Thanksgiving. I think it was 20. 
21. Friday before, we were um, on location at some little studio in the middle of nowhere. And it was Dwarf Competes in Bodybuilding. <laughs> that, no, I would watch that. Uh, I can't even say it with a straight face. Because I'm a reality show junkie. That's right. That would be my reality show I would tune into. So anyway, it's Dwarf Competes in Bodybuilder Contest. And, you know, I'm friendly to everybody. I introduce myself to everyone because you'd never know who anyone is. That's right. And um, I'm just friendly. Right. So I met a woman. Uh, it was her first day on set. And um, she had asked, you know, how everybody was. And I said, everybody is wonderful. You know, if you have an issue, Rushi's a cameraman. And he doesn't have that, I'm the cameraman, don't approach me. <laughs> He's got the... Oh, the bathroom is right down there. Do you need help? Right. I have to go to the bathroom, but. <laughs> right. Team player. Lost. He's just hysterical. So um, I pretty much, you know, didn't see her the rest of the day. The end of the day, Rishi wanted someone to rush up to the stage after they announced who won the bodybuilding contest. Spoiler, not the dwarf. So he said, Michelle, will you do it? And I said, of course. So it's the end of it. She rushes the stage, not me. And I'm like, I don't care. It's right. not going to kill me. She manages to get back on set the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It was another, it was another shoot. I don't remember, but it was the same scene for eight hours. Right. So um, she'd asked me if I'd pick her up and I said, I can't. She asked if I gave her a ride and she, she made it sound like she lived near me. She lived in Alhambra on a Wednesday night. An hour and a half each way, but I already said yes, and I won't leave somebody stuck. Right. So we get on set at 8.30, and anybody in this industry knows, so what if you're on set at 8.30? You don't start shooting till 10. If you're lucky. When are we going to start shooting? Why are we here so early? I'm hungry. I'm like, well, oh. here, you're getting paid. Yeah. We're shooting at 10.15, 11.30. They say, we're going to bring lunch. Oh, God, I hope it's not Chipotle again. I hate Chipotle. I'm really <laughs> hungry it was chipotle <laughs> <laughs> this point i oh, went no. alone yeah i'm uh, telling you so at 12 she walks over to me and she says um do you know when we're gonna leave and i said well the call sheet says three so figure about 4 30 right my boyfriend's home okay i miss my boyfriend oh my god i said have you not seen him in a while we live together, but I just miss him. Do you wow. have a boyfriend? Wow. Yes, I do. Don't you miss him? We're adults. Oh. I just miss him. I want to go home. Oh my God. Oh, this is like, I hope they should be filming that. I know. It was... So we finally wrap, and she's carrying on. And I walk up to Rushi, who I've known, cameraman guy. And I give him a hug because at that point I'd worked with him for four years. I said, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'll see you probably in January. Because it's just always a pleasure to work with you. He's just hysterical. And he's Indian, which is why I'm doing the accent. Right. Like, call me later. <laughs> <laughs> call you later. I saw it. <laughs> wow. See? There, sadly, there, there's there's usually one, maybe not always, but you know sometimes more. But there's that one actor that just you just wonder where are you, what are you doing, just sabotaging. And that's what she did. She was eighteen. Yeah. You give them a, you know, you're eighteen. You're still stupid. Right. Turns out she was thirty three. No, see, that's, un that's, no, there's no excuse for that. So I told Michael about it and he says, um, well, when they do it behind the scenes, tell them about that. Well, right. Did. And then I told a writer friend and she said, oh, we're going to write something about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what, it, hysterical, sad, but hysterical. It's sad, it's true. But there, there's thousands of those, that, you know, unfortunately, male and females. 
And I see these people, um, I was talking to a new actor at the daytime Emmys because I actually shot those. And uh, he says, yeah, I'm going to get on a soap opera. And I'm thinking, how long have you been working? So right. said, That's really good. I wish you the best of luck. How long have you been acting? Six months. <laughs> wow. Yep. It's, it's kind of amazing, right? And then I have a neighbor. <laughs> I have a neighbor. <laughs> he came out to be an actor and he's doing all the right things. You know, he's going to acting school, trying to get an agent, um, wants to do voiceovers. And I am more than happy if somebody calls and said, I got a call from Joe Blow Casting. Are they legit? Right. I'm happy to say they are or they're not. Right. I've been there. I don't want someone to go through what I did. Right. So he gets a call from Olin, I think it's called Olin Casting. They're legit. Mm -hmm. Wanting him to do background, but it was an emergency. And I said, well, what are they going to pay? 133. Well, that's good. Five hours, that's good. I won't work for anything less than 500. Well, good luck not working in this town, dude. Wow. <laughs> yep. See what I mean? Just based on nothing, like has no experience, nothing to back it up. Exactly. I don't know I, if it's a generational thing, you know, I don't know. But we, when I started, it was do everything you can for free, even if you have to just get experience. Exactly. I am. Um, I did a lot of freebies when I got back into acting. Mm -hmm. I know my limitations. Yeah. And, um, I did a freebie on a movie called Okay, and it was a, a film project, and I didn't have a problem with that. It was one of my first IMDb credits, and what they were going to do, because they had gotten funding after, they said, this mm -hmm. film's going to Cannes. We want, we want to bring you all with us. Right. And then March 2020 happened. Oh, see? But just an example right there. See, you... You did that not knowing that a project like that would end up going to Cannes, right? So even even let's just say the pandemic hadn't happened, that's just an example where you you couldn't have planned that that project was going to get the attention that it got. So you could have been like, oh, I don't do free stuff. I'm not doing this, and then wouldn't have been a part of that project. And uh, you know, when I went for the fitting, they said, you know, I don't know if you read it. This doesn't pay. And I said you know, I like the project. Right. I always say it's case by case, you know, like yeah. for me, I, I look at it like who's, who's directing it, who's producing it. It might be actors I like to work with. Um, yeah. You can't really, I don't think you can just say, and I tell my reps that too, like, don't just, you know, let me know of everything that comes in because I want to be, I might have another reason besides low pay that I want to work with these people. So Exactly. Well, I think the other thing they were going to do is um, it's the Tom Cruise thing, you know, where we own a part of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it's great. And, you know, you do the freebies and that's actually how you learn. A hundred percent. And I always tell actors, they ask me about extra work and I always, I always say it's a great way to learn a set, watch what everyone does see that it's not brain surgery <laughs> you know it kind of takes the illusion away of all that and uh so I when I first moved to LA I did and I I did several extras and I got um I think it's called upgraded I don't know what it was called but they they gave me lines or you know it ended up being even if they hadn't given me lines it was a great experience but and and sometimes down the line, I end up working with these people again on something else. Sometimes you don't know how long. It could be years later that somebody remembers you for something. That's like us. It's like we know each other. Right. Exactly. Great point. You just never. I think I think when you're starting out, it's natural. We want we think, well, I want that instant feedback. I want a job like if I didn't get this one, when are you going to hire me? You know, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You just don't ever know. It could come back around. That's why I say do your best every audition. It's either do your best or don't do the audition. It's better not to do 
you know what I mean? It's better to try to show your best at every audition you do rather than just do it and go, I don't really like this. And because the casting people remember. Yeah, I had an, uh, um, an incident. I'd gone for an audition and it was pretty much a cattle call. Yeah. And um, there were, I think there were like 50 people in the room. So this had to be maybe 2015, 16. And um, I was on deck getting ready to read for the guy. Huge room. This nice lady goes in a corner on her phone like this. You know, it's phone so nobody could hear her. Uh -huh. And for people who can't see me, which is everyone, phone up to the ear, hand over the phone. And she's speaking in Japanese, but she's very quiet because she doesn't want to disturb anyone. Mm -hmm. Some woman from the end of the room comes up and starts screaming at her. And I just kind of looked at that. So I get in, the casting director just said, what happened out there? And I said, I don't know. Don't want to know. Not my problem. Right. We talked. He liked that. Turns out, um, I didn't get that part, but he liked my attitude. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, I like what you, I like the way you handled that. Yeah. He had a two-way mirror and saw it anyway. Right. You know, but I like how you handled that. And I like how you just said, not my problem. Let them deal with it. Right. And that showed them, wow, she's somebody we could enjoy having on the set for 12 hours a day. You know, it's not always about talent. Okay. Talent is so subjective, right? In this town. Mm -hmm. I'd say talent is 20% of booking a job 30 maybe but nowadays it's really about who do they want to spend the day with you know who's got who's not going to be crazy who's going to be let's hit our marks let's everyone get get home on time you know i wish they would teach in acting classes in schools the the trade of acting the business side of acting how it's just a job you're not special you know, it, it's a job and you're just one part of this wheel and the crew. And in some ways, I think actors are more replaceable than the crew is sometimes, you know, because you think about it, how hard it is to get good crew people. And if you if you go to if you, if you start producing projects like I do, it really levels the playing field for actors. You start to realize how just un impersonal the whole thing, the whole audition process is. Oh, yeah. Well, I keep going back to Darman. Yeah. Only because I've done 40 episodes. Mm -hmm. Let me get my dog some water. But I go on set. I always have magazines and I share them. Yeah. And um, I keep to myself. But I've seen so many people that we've become friends. Yeah. And it's really okay. She went into the other room. Um, <laughs> and it's really nice. Yeah, and I always say too, for all the quote negative people, I the majority of the people are wonderful. I, I can count on a hand maybe in my 35 years, five really bad experiences. You know, I mean it's most people are really I, I always say the crew in particular are always so grateful to be working. And most actors too, but um it becomes like a family. You know, if you now I've been on a series, a couple of series. When you get on a series, it's great because you you get to really, like you at Darman, you get to know the crew, you see them again. When you're just doing like guest spots on things, you're sort of like that. It's like the first day of school every time. You're the new guy for one or two days and then you, you're gone. True. Yeah. Well, I did, um, it was a Lifetime movie. I think, I don't even remember. I was an extra but it was many years ago and they kept calling me back because, you know, they had craft services and we all laid at a table and all the extras got up and left their paper plates. Wow. And I got up and somebody saw me cleaning up mm -hmm. and that made an impression. Yeah. And then the scene I was in came up and I gave one of the PAs my extra car key. I said, I'm blocking someone in. This is my key. If you need it, I'll leave it right here with my purse. They happen to have needed it. But it was things like that. Right. And they remembered that. 
And then they later came back and stole your catalytic converter. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> they stole my Camry. <laughs> yeah, they, they later came back and stole the car. But that's beside the point. You were very kind in the moment. <laughs> True. Oh my god! I sent them a glitter bomb. No. Right. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I tell people it's these things that you don't think anybody's watching. Right. Watching. Yep. Even you know when we used to still go in the rooms, right? When like we don't anymore, but like in the waiting rooms, you know, when you're waiting, especially commercial auditions, and you know, a lot of times they start filming. They actually now they would start tape. People don't realize they'll start taping from the moment you walk in the room the clients will see how you're interacting with the, the casting person and the other people. And so you're being kind of judged from the moment you get there. Oh yeah. 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 So how did you get into acting? What got you into that or what appealed to this cutthroat Crazy. business? Well, I was sort of a closeted thespian. Like I, I, I wanted to act as a kid, but I was into sports and did, it wasn't quote the cool thing to do where I grew up. So I waited till I graduated high school and then I um, went to the, uh, I moved to Atlanta. This is Atlanta before Atlanta was Hollywood South, but I went to the Alliance Theater School and that was a full program of acting, writing, stage, all that good stuff. And then I just kind of went head first into it and co-wrote a play with a girlfriend of mine and we brought it out to LA in 1987. Mm -hmm. And it ran for a couple of years at the Century City Playhouse. I don't know if you remember on Pico. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of the beginning. And then I just started that journey, you know, of day jobs. And I worked, I was the permanent temp at Ogilvy and Mather Advertising. I was the permanent receptionist for four years. Ah. They would let me go on my auditions. And then when I booked a job, they would let me leave. and. And then finally, I think in 93 or four, I got my first big pilot, TV pilot, back when pilots meant something, you know. Yeah. I just took, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it and have been luckily supporting myself acting ever since. You were in Smothered. It's, thank you. Season two, I just, we just, season two is dropping um, April 28th. And um, I have a really fun guest spot playing Jagger. Jason Stewart's been my friend for 30 years, I guess. Another example how you want to work with people you like and trust. And he and Mitch O'Hara have created this incredible show. And so I was honored to get to play with them. Yeah, it's coming out um, April 28th, the season two drops. Yeah, because I'm going through IMDb. I interviewed Jason and... um... You know, Gloria gets on and it's like, oh, my God. Oh, Gloria, I'm so in love with his mother. I've always loved her. She she could have her own show. She could. And I had not met Jason at that time. So I'm at a party. And I'm getting ready to leave. And he walks by and I'm like, I'm not leaving yet. I'm like, Jason, <laughs> do I know you? And I said, yeah, Michelle Murata. Because, oh, yeah. You know, we talked about his mother. She's great. Jason is another one of the hardest working people in show business, you know? Uh-huh. He just, I tell him, because he's another one. You know, there's, there's a group of people we've all ended up in Palm Springs one way or the other. I mean, I've technically been here 18 years part-time. Uh-huh. But in the last probably five years, uh, Mel, Terry Ray, uh, Jason, Jim J., they've all like migrated out to the desert. Well, one, it's one of the few places you can still buy property in California, you know, at a decent price. And it's just such an easier lifestyle here. The hundred mile drive, I have to be honest with you, Michelle, I can drive faster straight from here to, to LA sometimes than I can go from Silver, like Silver Lake to the beach because okay. of the traffic. I mean, at least I'm moving the whole time. There, you can sit for an hour and a half and not go anywhere. Oh, I know. I had to go to Pico Union District. Oh. Ugh, scary. 8.8 miles took me an hour and a half. That's what I'm saying. It's like at least 
at least when I drive in and I know how to pick that you have to pick your times. You, you can't, you've got to wait. You can't get on the road coming back to Palm Springs anytime after like one in the afternoon now, but I'm a night person. So I'll come back at nine at night, fly in. There's no traffic. So yeah. Yeah. But I, I enjoy those still having a place there because it, it's nice to, when I'm working to have a place, you know, to, I love LA. I have a love hate relationship with it. I used to be rah, rah LA, like don't say anything bad about LA. And then I sort of wasn't for a while the pandemic, I didn't come in as much, but now I'm back to, you know, I'm back to liking LA. I know it's got its problems and yeah. every city does, but it's like I, you, I just have so many memories there. Well, I grew up in Laurel Canyon, so. Yeah, well, you've really got some great memories. Yeah, but um, I used to love Vegas. Yeah. Now I have a hate-hate relationship with Vegas. Yeah, I don't, it's yeah. funny, I don't know Vegas, right? I never had that, I mean, I've been to Vegas, obviously, but I don't I don't know that um, that part of it. But a lot of people have moved out there as well. Yeah, I, when I was married, we had a place there. Okay. So a lot yeah. may just be bad memories. But True. I've been looking as Wildemar, um, Temecula. Mm, Temecula is very nice. Yeah. It's, it's centrally located too. It, you can get into LA about the same, I think quicker maybe. It's not as far as Palm Springs. No, but it's a 15. So it can be tricky. Yeah. Traffic. Depending. And if it's raining. Yeah. Don't drive. Yeah, I do the 210. I do, like when I leave LA, I do Barham. I go Forest Lawn behind Warner Brothers. I get on the 210 mm -hmm. and then I take the 210 all the way out to the 10, which is in Ukaipa now. Yeah. It's just enough. The 10 can be tricky if you take the 10 all the way from LA. Plus, you got to go kind of through downtown. And for the listeners that, that, that are listening they're like wait if they're not in LA they don't know what we're talking about but you know every major city apparently is traffic is hor horrific now so well here's a little trivia for a short time I worked for Caltrans mm -hmm. I mean I still I still want to cry about it horrible it was 2006 the 210 had just opened and the lawsuit started there were people living 15 miles away from the 210 claiming the traffic was destroying their foundation. Now, you know, that's BS. <laughs> but in the end, it was cheaper to pay them off than to continue lit litigating. Litigating, right. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody anywhere near any freeway could start doing that, right? Um, I could. I'm right near the 134. Yeah, see? You could say, oh, my God, it's my quality of life is ruined. I'm PTSD True. from the noise. <laughs> <laughs> No, I get PTSD from my whack job neighbor. <laughs> I was going to say, just from life in general, from the past. I won't take any job unless it's $500 a day. Yeah, right. we're going to go with that, dude. <laughs> that is hilarious. Can you pick me up? Can you take an Uber? I don't do Uber. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Can't help you. I was I was here in the days of the Thomas guy, and I can't read a, I can't read a map. So I used to just get lost everywhere and find my way. Me too. We've really, we've really aged ourselves with it. For all you kids out there, Google, Google Thomas Guide and see what you come up with. <laughs> <laughs> These are, this is when we didn't have a cell phone. How about that? Oh my gosh. We had a friend who had a princess phone in his car. Oh, expensive. And it was land, land to air operator <laughs> you had to use. Was it one of those big ones? Um, no, it was oh right in where the hump is in the yeah. the early days there were some of those car phones that were like yes i don't know they were huge right and you sometimes you had to pull the antenna up on them oh this is way before then oh you're going even before that i'm going back to the 60s well they had to have some money for that oh he was a drug dealer but we didn't know it <laughs> oh well then he was very wealthy he was Drug dealer slash actor slash director, producer. Okay, that yeah. works. Whatever, whatever he put on his tax return. An Italian. <laughs> well, there you have it. 
no, yeah. no need to question. And he escaped from a Mexican jail. So wow, I know that's a story. He's early El Chapo, the Italian El Chapo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know. I I wish he was still alive. Um, he passed away about twenty five years ago. That Michelle, you you've got so many stories. You should write. I'm sure. Have you written a book yet? I'm in the process. Good. Want to co-write with me? <laughs> Listen, now's the time. Everything is, uh, books are really, self, self-publishing self now is really all the rage. You know, it's it's become lucrative and much better than it used to be. True. True. Well, Harry Potter was originally self-published. And look how, whatever happened. I'm kidding. Um, I know. Yeah, bless their heart. I hope they turned out. I hope they're okay. No, you're right. I don't think she's clipping coupons anymore, but it's still no telephones. Yeah, for her. No, but you're right. And the days of the big publishing deals are gone unless you're unless you are those typewriters. You know, it's um, it's all changed. I tell I tell actors all the time. I don't want to ever be that person that lives in the past, so I try not to go. Well, you know, when I started, but the business is different. You know, it's, um, but for someone just starting, this is all they know. So it's not different to them. You know, this is the norm for them, but it, it, it's changed. And I, I say to actors, if, if you're not willing to roll with the changes, you really should get out because nobody wants a bitter, angry actor on the set talking about the past. We've seen them. Yes. I don't, you can talk about the past if it's great stories and you're telling a young actor and helping and but just the you know the woe is me get off my lawn kind of old guy I don't, I don't want to be that I love between I still love between action and cut you know yes all the other stuff not as exciting but that that just comes with age you know it that's just natural but I the day I don't like the work I, I will stop because it's not fair to other people for me to be there and not be grateful. You know, that's the one word I use every day. Yep. Gratitude. And I learned a new word recent, well, a couple of years ago. I never heard the word speeding. When Say that again? Speeding. Oh. On set. Okay. And um, I think it was a sound guy would say speeding. You wait a second or two. Action, go. Mm-hmm. Like so, I didn't ask. I just kind of hung around to see, and it's when they start the sound, right? But I never knew that, and I don't know if they did that in the old days. Huh? You're right. Well, it's weird. Some directors today don't even say action. The only person years ago, well, I got to do a Fandango commercial. I was part of a the the movie, but tri- you know, before movies, the trip. So I was part of a campaign playing a cowboy and. We didn't know till we got to the Universal Western backlot. They didn't put on there who the director was, and so when I and it's just me in the in the spot. But long story short, my point is when I found out. Well, no, I did not know. They had a, a guy's name for a director that was not the director. So we start to go, and I've not met the director. I can see that he's over behind the camera, and I'm waiting for someone to say action. And I, and then the, nothing's happening. And the AD comes over to me and he's like, oh, you know, when, when Clint directs, he doesn't say action or cut. And I go, who's Clint? The director, I haven't met him. He goes, well, it's Clint Eastwood. He's, he's directing. And he, and I said, oh, well, how, okay. But I can't, can you cue me? Can you do like that or something? <laughs> so anyway, that's how I found out it was Clint. And then also, that crew that he had has been with him for all through his Westerns. And we were shooting on the Western lot at Universal. It's just one of those incredible days, but he also doesn't say cut. So it would be, he just lets the actors, lets the scene play out. And then the AD will just stop you. Then throughout the day, after I met him, he would say, okay, Jasper, whenever you're ready, you just go whenever you're ready. Very cool. Yeah, and that's just another example where maybe if I had known Clint was directing, would it have changed my nervousness, you know, or would I have been not so authentic? I mean, you just, you just, you never know. And that's one of those magical Hollywood moments that you just look back and go, 
Wow. Didn't see that one coming. I had the same experience with Ed Bagley. Oh, he's such a nice... I think he's a Studio City guy. But anyway, I digress. I could walk to his house. You know, so I'm right. Okay. I have known him for years. We um we actually met at Valley College. But Did you know his dad? His dad, the character actor? Well, Ed Bagley Jr. Well, his father, Ed Bagley Sr. Yeah, but Ed Bagley Jr. I never met Sr. Okay. No, I, you're not you're not old enough. I know you didn't go to college with the father. Oh gosh, I wasn't even a thought. <laughs> but he was doing a master class and I didn't tell him I was gonna do this master class. And um it just happened to be, you know, the background on this is every time I turn the TV on, I'm just getting out of the shower and there's Ed Bagley. Or he's running around and he's naked on TV. Right. So I'd always text him, Ed, you're on TV, you're naked, you've got a great naked again. You know, just kind of fun. Yeah. Even in the Caribbean. Got out of the shower, turned on direct TV, and there's Ed. So <laughs> wow. I'm doing this master class and I'm just letting everybody else go ahead of me because you know I see him all the time. Right. So he makes me go up and I freeze. Because uh-huh. now it's not Ed Bagley, my neighbor. Right. Ed Bagley, the Emmy winning Golden Globe actor. Right. And he's like, What's wrong? And I said, I can't talk. And he says, Michelle, you call me every day. I'm naked on TV. You're naked getting out of a shower. And then he says, wait a minute. We're neighbors. That's it. (laughs) You're like, wait, that didn't sound right. Yeah. Yeah. He says, you're getting out of the shower. I'm on Roseanne. You've just texted me. Ed, yes. And I start reading and then doing the script because that's what I want. Right. No, it's true. And I tell actors that too. Sometimes when we do know people, or even friendly with caster, you know what I mean? The pressure, I find it more more pressure yeah. that we put on ourselves, I guess, to want to impress them more because we know them personally. Yeah, and then it's like, oh my God, I have to be the best. Yeah, and I, I, I never could understand. It used to upset me when I would be like, well, why don't that, why don't they use me? Or why doesn't that person use me? And then I realized sometimes... It's kind of like when you say you don't want to mix business and pleasure. Sometimes mm-hmm. I realize it's because they don't want to potentially, because what if what 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 if they hire us and we were just horrible, right? I mean, it could go it could be a bad experience for them as well. So I get it now. But when I was younger, I didn't understand. Like yeah. they should why aren't they just giving me a part? We're friends. So it goes both ways. Yeah. And like you, I'm grateful for the um, doors that have opened. Yeah. And we'll always pass that karma on. Well, yeah. It, you know, and again, you have to end up with a body of work. Like actors always want, like they, they think they got to get an agent or a manager. And I always say, well, you don't, you got to have something to agent first or ma- it's a business, you know? So I don't know. It's just, that's something that industry put out there early on that, we need to get it. I always say you better get a good therapist first. <laughs> get a good psychologist first and then maybe look for an agent because your agent manager is not your psychologist. No. So, you know, they don't want to be treated as one either. They want to make money. It's a business. Well, I saw an actor at the Hollywood show. I don't want to say his name. All I'll say is he was Buddy Holly. Oh, God. Uh huh. Oh, my God. He was a train wreck. Yeah, it always has been. Yeah, and I just, I admired him when I've seen him. Yeah. And, um, you know, I thought no matter how bad my life could get, I will I will never be that person. It It's sad because he's, that person's very talented, but there's also some mental illness that goes on, you know, I think. Um, yeah. Which is interesting that this business I mean, not just this business. There's something about the arts, though, that I don't know. It, it, it attracts, you know, a lot of us are trying to make up for, we're trying to fill voids in childhood or try to get some kind of a claim that we didn't think we got or whatever. It. Um, you mentioned Roseanne. Like, Roseanne's an example of somebody who is geniusly talented but had so many demons that she has to constantly try to get on top of you know so yeah some days you go you know on my worst day I'm glad I'm not that bad yeah it's like um 
you know, I growing up, God, who did I admire? There were a lot of actors. Uh, High Chaparral, um, Linda Crystal. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, she was so beautiful. And I didn't realize she lived in Beverly Hills. She's Argentinian. But, um, and she recently passed, but she was in her 80s. Right. This is a woman, quiet personal life, no drinking, no drug problem. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is incredible. This is one of the reasons I really admired her. Right. And then I look at, now I can't think, um, Miley Cyrus. Right. Pretty much a Napo hire. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Those Linda, there are the, yeah, exactly. There, there are those celebrities that, like a Donna Mills, for example. Yeah. Who, first of all, I don't know. She looks 50 if a day and she's like 83. Mm-hmm. But, um, but again, just very, you don't see her in the tabloids. You never really heard about her personal life. You know, just low key does her work. I recently interacted with Margaret O'Brien. She mm-hmm. was a child actor. Stage. Yeah, sure. Nicest, nicest lady ever. She's late 80s. One of the reasons she remembers me is I met her at a photo shoot. And I went to her PR person or her handler. And I said, could I take a photo with Miss O'Brien? And she remembers me from that. See? It's a respect. Yeah. And to talking. And um, she's never had a drinking problem, never had an any problem. Nope. And she was actually surprised I knew who she was. Well, that's very humble. Yeah. Anyway, we've been talking almost an hour and a half. Oh, my God. We could talk forever. Well, I want to, you know, I have a podcast one-on-one with Jasper Cole I want to have you on my show. We're in our 11th season. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we just did our fourth episode for the 11th season. I usually tape on Tuesdays um, at the TV Academy. So I'd love to have you on because I believe you've got so many great stories that I might get out of you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, then we can do lunch after. (laughs) Yes, and continue. In NoHo, I love NoHo. I love that neighborhood over there, right? The NoHo Arts District. Yeah, this is such a great neighborhood, and um, I've seen it. It was really um, lower. It's changed a lot for the better. Yes, definitely for the better. Yeah. Oh, no, we came in, you know, the residents came in and um, pretty much re-gentrified it. Mm Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Well, it's been so great. I just, I want to just say thank you, and again, I just say you can go to Jasper Cole. The listeners can go to jaspercole.com. Everything I do is on there. Instagram is at Jasper Cole says S-A-Y-S. So it's a one-stop shop. And um, looking forward to everyone seeing the final episode tomorrow night um, of Kombucha Cure. I am going to start. um, I will uh, binge it. I'll order it. And then when are we going to work together? Let's make that happen. Okay. Um, Call me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I just got your friend request too. Perfect. Yeah. You can always send me a message. I'm just so surprised at all the people we know. Oh, and there's so many more. I'm sure when we get together, we'll be. Yeah. That's the great thing. In conclusion, I will say to the listeners, I'm most proud of being in a veteran and having all these great relationships. I mean, not, a, I mean, a veteran of the business, not, okay. not a service, you know, army person or military, but just a veteran of the business and having great relationships and getting to reconnect with people. Me too. And I'm grateful for um, just everything. Um, when we talk later, I'll get into something. I'm grateful for coffee. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's my one vice. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I, I I eat really healthy, but I'm addicted to coffee. So there Me you too. have it. I'm grateful for coffee. I'm trying to get back in shape after, you know, gaining 30 something pounds. Well, the good thing about that is, you know how you can lose it and it's temporary. Exactly. And, yeah. um, you know, I've been working with Fit TV which is also a streaming channel. Yeah. And one of the guys there says, I'll train you. I said, great. But I do have a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. You you might better train him. I have a back injury right now. 
We'll have to talk because I've had back surgery, neck surgery uh, from all my years of doing stunts when I should not have done stunts, but that's a whole other show. So, you know, because you don't want to be that actor when they ask you, Jasper, can you roll down the hill? We're losing the light. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll roll down and break my neck. But anyway. And it's happened. Well, thank you, my dear. Thank you. Big hug to you. I can't wait to do your show. Like, yeah, and I can't wait to uh, see you in person. And thanks to everyone for for listening today. And um, everyone will be cutting some stuff out, but you'll love everything else. <laughs> It'll be a 10-minute interview when it's all done. <laughs> Maybe 11. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. Thank you. And I'll thank Dominic. And you have a wonderful rest of today. You too. Thank you, my dear. I'll send you the link after I uh, do it. Bye. Take care, everybody. Bye, everyone.